You're listening to The Catalyst with Samantha Chris, where we explore the inner workings of embracing the unknown, from ordinary daily habits to extraordinary measures. Get ready, we're about to ignite change and inspire action. Welcome back to The Catalyst, everyone. I am your host, Samantha Chris, and today I am joined by Donovan Taylor Hall. Donovan is an educator and youth speaker that focuses on social, emotional, and self-skills for middle schoolers. Donovan's main goal as a youth advocate is to help empower students to build positive relationships with themselves. His philosophy combines positive and educational psychology and is grounded in the belief that teachers and adults should bring as much love and care into the classroom as possible. His work shows that building strong relationships with students is the key to helping kids thrive in all aspects of their growth, not just their academics. Donovan, welcome to the show. Hi, Samantha. Hi, everyone. I am super excited, very honored to be here to talk to you all about my work today. I'm excited to have you. And we just, you know, chatted for the first few minutes before going live here. And this excitement, I feel, just permeates like we can, I can feel it in your energy. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of glad that you can't see my face because I'm smiling so hard. <laughs> I, I, just, I really, I mean, I really love this work and it's it's really important to me to, to be able to share it. And I've been working towards this for a long time. So this is just feels like a, a blessing to be able to have space and have an audience that's willing to listen. I'm really grateful you're here because we cover a lot of things. As you know, the theme of the show is about change and you bring a really, really interesting topic to the conversation. You believe that change, although hard, is critical for the growth of mankind. And a large part of the change that you're seeking to make in the world is focusing on the development of skills that are considered non-credential in the traditional educational system. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you do? Sure. So I uh, am not a traditional teacher at all. I got my start working with kids doing positive youth development programs, which are basically everything after school, summer camp, um, which really gave me an opportunity to work with kids on developing the full self and not focusing on academics as much. Um, However, I just I recognized that the skills that I was working with kids outside of school were really important. And if the kids didn't have opportunities to go to these kind of programs, that they wouldn't be able to get that out in school because that wasn't happening in school. Um, So I basically have just for the past 10 years been developing my own curriculum based off of my own research and my work with kids to help develop some skills that I feel like are really essential to help building and solidifying a positive self view. And working with middle school has been uh, the best age to do this work with because that is the age where a lot of kids and a lot of people really like disconnect from themselves. And so what I have found and what I'm working towards is creating work for the kids that age to help them really anchor themselves like in who they are and, and detach their value from their grades or from their academics and just recognize their value as a person overall. So I've been down uh, pursuing this this path and this education philosophy for a long time and am about to take a pretty big leap uh, out of the classroom and into doing more public figure work for kids uh, through speaking and through content creation online. Wow. Okay. There's so much to unpack there. (laughs) (laughs) I tried to like sum it up too, but it's tough. It's tough. Okay. So let's, let's take it back a little bit. There's like so much of the work that you're doing is around personal development. And so how did you find a natural in, I mean, I understand that you didn't have kind of a, 
a standard curriculum that you needed to fit in as you got into this work, but where did you find that there was the most kind of organic space to integrate personal development into the educational system? Well, for me, it, it, I mean, because this kind of goes way back, so sorry if this derails it a little bit, but I think it's important to know um, when I was in school, I was the kind of student that got good grades and I had friends and I was in clubs and I had, you know, some positive relationships with teachers. They weren't super positive, but, you know, I was okay with most of my teachers, um, but I really struggled with my mental health outside of it. And I was really struggling with basically liking who I was as a person. And so um, that turned into the depression that I struggled with throughout my high school. I also suffered a few um, losses when I was a kid that I didn't get uh, resources that I need to really unpack and process those things. And so I was kind of fighting this quiet battle of trying to like, like who I was as a person and trying to understand who I was as a person, but I was doing all of the right things, like quote unquote, right things that they tell you to do in school um, and still feeling really disconnected. So when I got to college, uh, things got pretty bad. I got a little bit out of control and my depression got so bad that I ended up wanting to uh, commit suicide and something happened that prevented me from doing it. And after that, I knew I can't do that after I had to see the witness, the aftermath of someone else killing themselves, I realized I couldn't do that. And so I just started looking for tools and resources like to help me feel better basically. And that's when I got involved in the personal development arena. I found a bunch of books and I found a bunch of gurus and I started practicing skills for myself. And um, while I was doing that, I was also teaching in this acting company for kids. And I kind of just started to integrate some of that stuff, whether it was like intention setting or self affirmations or gratitude, just into the work and kids were really responding to that and parents were really responding to that. And so when I went to grad school, I decided to, to just dig deeper into these kind of skills. Um, and then after that, I, I created my own program and have been teaching it there. Uh, excuse me, have been teaching that curriculum after school or in school. So I want to go back to you as a student for a minute and do you feel that part of the struggle was that because you're doing everything kind of right and getting the grades and being in the clubs that you flew beneath the radar? Yeah. I mean, it, it was kind of this trend that followed me for a while where it was like, well, Donnie's all right. You know, Donnie's okay. He's doing all right. And mm -hmm. so I lost my dad when I was six. Um, and then when I was in high school, I had several other deaths that happened, including one of my best friends when I was a senior. And it kind of just kept going into this trend of like, well, Donnie's okay. Like he's going to be okay. He always has his stuff together, but that just wasn't the case. Um, and I guess if you looked on it on paper, like getting good grades and having friends and, you know, like being a personable person, no one assumed that there was anything really bad going on, but behind closed doors, I was, I had like a substance abuse problem when I was younger and I just hit it by by saying I'm doing the right thing so everything is okay but that had a really negative impact on just how I viewed myself and I didn't feel any value in the world unless you know I was getting those good grades or being everyone's friend and stuff but it came from these things outside of myself versus me being able to look in the mirror and, and like who I was looking at. And how do you think that that's been kind of pulled through into the work that you're doing as an educator? How has that you know, the self-concept that you had growing up and the trauma that you went through and the steps that you took to find yourself in the process, how has that made you a better teacher? I think for me, I just realized how much I wish I would have been seen, mm -hmm. you know? Um, oh man, I'm almost getting emotional. <laughs> um, 
because I was crying out for help and I was doing everything I, I thought I should be doing. I didn't know how to ask for help. I didn't know how to ask for support. Um, being like a black boy uh, in a predominantly white neighborhood, I was already up against a lot, it felt like, in, in terms of being othered. And so I did whatever I could to kind of fit in. Um, and so with middle schoolers, I, I started just asking people and talking to people about this work. And anytime I would talk to them about middle schoolers, they would have this like gut reaction. And it would either be like, middle school was the worst time in my life or like middle schoolers are the worst. And I was having a very different like kind of connection with the kids. And so for me, I was like, well, I really want to embrace them. I really want to lift them up. I really want to value and see them as people. And so doing things like gratitude it helped me, uh, helped me see the kids and help the kids feel seen and feel safe. And when they felt seen and they felt safe, they're open to a lot more learning and they're open to a lot more support because normally school goes like, here's the curriculum, we have to teach it to you. And the way that I do my teaching is we got to build a relationship and I want to know who you are. I want to know who I'm helping to grow. And once we, once I started to realize that middle schoolers feel very unseen, um, they're kind of treated, like, I feel like the worst out of all the students. Um, because people talk about what they're going through in terms of their horm um, hormones and puberty and, and all that kind of stuff. But in reality, they don't know who they are and they're looking for identity and they're looking to be seen. And that's why they care so much about their grades or they care so much about their friends or they reject school and they reject those things because they don't wanna be seen that way. And so for me, I just said, I wanna see them as people, right? Like I wanna see them as people first, student second. And, and that I think is the biggest the biggest pull through was I know how it felt to be unseen um, and to be able to help kids who are getting really good grades to kids who are really struggling but mainly those kids in the in-between the ones who kind of uh, just like fly under the radar just seeing them has made a huge difference and having them like know that they're cared for has been has been massive in this work. Given the type of work that you do I mean I'm in you know a, a pretty uh, immersive self-development space myself. And I know that it can get quite vulnerable that there are, you know, several layers to each of us. And the more that we peel back and the more we allow ourselves to be seen, the scarier it can be. And there's a real opportunity for, you know, rela relationships to really be strengthened in those moments. But as an educator, do you ever feel that you're straddling the line? Like, do you ever get is the relationship ever too close? Do you feel like you've kind of crossed over the educator line into, I don't know, you know, a parental figure or a therapist? How do you manage that? I mean, I had a group for about two years that was the most important group I had worked with because I learned pretty quickly how like unsustainable it was to be so invested in so many kids um, to the point where it was, it was really taking a lot out of me um, because the kids were coming to me with almost everything that they needed. And I would have, I would have teachers call me or email me and ask me to talk to a student specifically because I had a relationship with them. And so I, I would go to my boss and, and kind of ask, like, how do I take, how do I set firmer boundaries? So I'm not letting, uh, this kind of consume me because doing personal work with the kids, even though the work was designed in a way that they're not being they're not being asked to be super vulnerable in front of each other. They're still opening up and sharing a lot with me through their work. And so when they were doing that, especially the first year I taught this specific curriculum, it was really tough because they opened up 
they felt safe and they opened up and I was kind of left with a lot to worry about um, in terms of how they viewed themselves, in terms of how they viewed their future, what was going on in their homes. And there was a lot of times where I had to really take a step back and reevaluate the way that I was doing the work to make sure that it was safe for both the students and for myself, because I was always putting their safety first which was super important, but I also didn't realize that I wasn't being safe for myself, like opening up that much and then not having the space or the tools or the resources to process it for myself was, was really tough, especially helping kids who have gone through trauma and stuff. Um, so that was definitely a big learning thing for me. And that's also why I have shifted away from the classroom to do this work on a larger scale, to not be as, um, it, it sounds bad to say, but really not to be as personally invested with a small group of kids because I couldn't keep doing that. If I, if I did that year after year, I'd be done teaching by the time I was like 36. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting because I think a lot of, you know, adults for lack of a better word, I mean, it, that's a term I'm still struggling to identify with, by the way, <laughs> adult. <laughs> keep waiting for that button to happen. Or that right? Oh my gosh. But I think, you know, this isn't just on the onus or on the responsibility or shoulders of educators. This is for all of us to consider, you know, how does our education system serve or not serve our youth and what can we do to better show up for them? So, you know, how can we pull through some of what it is that you're implementing, that you're learning and, and exploring with some of these kids? You know, you talk about getting them to, to open up and to share and to, to be real. I'm sure there are lots of parents who would be listening to this thinking like, I wish I could, I wish that I could get my kid to be open with me. I mean, what are some of the things that you can share with us um, of how we can help support this mission? I think for me, recognizing how we treat kids is important. I think that that is something that our personally, I feel like our culture, uh, is, is, uh, it's hard for me to say messing up because it's, there's culture is multi-layered, but I just think as a society, the way that we view and treat kids um, tends to create more problems for the future. Um, the way that we only hyper-focus on their academics versus like who they are as people or how they feel, the way that we trivialize what they go through. Um, sometimes people are, you know, with some of my videos, people are like, wow, how do you do it? And, and I have to like bite my tongue. Like I'm being serious with you. I have to bite my tongue a little bit to be like, I'm just treating them like a human. <laughs> like I'm literally just being nice to them. Like I'm, I'm saying, sorry, I'm telling them I respect them. I'm sharing gratitude with them. I'm encouraging them. I'm giving them choice. And these are things that kids feel like they don't have. And so when I think what I was talking about earlier, the reason that they were opening up is because they were given that space. And what I'm trying to do now is not only teach kids these skills, I feel like they will help them build a positive relationship with themselves, but also show adults who are interested in what it looks like to speak that way to kids. Um, that's always been my biggest goal is like, I just wish I could show people how I talk to kids because kids show up in such amazing and beautiful ways. Um, and, and it's not always like this perfect sunshine moment. Sometimes it takes years. Sometimes it takes a while for them to really trust it. Um, but for me, it's just how we talk to them and how we view them. They, they're aware of it they're aware of it and they have a lot of feelings towards that. And so we, you know, as parents, 
we look out for, excuse me, I don't have kids, but I feel like I have kids. Uh, parents are looking out for the safety and well-being of their kids a lot. And, and often it's hard for kids to form identity or feel like their identity is being lifted up or seen when they're a part of a family unit, if they're not being spoken to or treated a certain way. Hmm. And you mentioned earlier that when kids are seen and they have that confidence in themselves, that they're more open to learn, what are some of the results, if you will, that you've seen in the classroom in, uh, you know, as it pertains to their academics, how has this helped them beyond self-esteem? For me, it's, it's, it's helping them form a, a healthy learning identity. I feel like when students are able to build a positive self-identity, that's not just connected to their grades, that it allows them to show up in their academics more. Because if it's not about my value as a person, right? If it's not about, if I fail this test, that means no one will like me or I don't, you know, I'm bad or I'm messing up. It's more about, I need to work more. I need to, to, to learn and I need to progress further because it's not about their identity as a person. And so that's something that I work really big with my students on is, is recognizing, and I tell them this all the time, it's like, I love and care about you as much if you have all fours, which is like, all, like A pluses versus if you have all zeros, right? There's no, there's no disconnect for me there. It's, it's about, I care about you as people and academics are a part of their life, just as like social media is a part of their life, just like their family is a part of their life. And I think helping kids recognize that their identity can be based off of their humanity and not based off of their academics, that it allows them to be free in their learning. It allows them to take risks. It allows them to show up in ways that they haven't before, because it's not about if I take this risk or if I speak up or if I ask for help, I'm a bad person, right? It's more about I'm doing this because I want to learn and I want to grow. So how does that apply a little more tactically? And I'll, I'll kind of paint the picture of where I'm at right now. So as you may or may not know, I work with Goalcast and one of the co-founders um, was a physics teacher before founding the company. And he was really disheartened by the academic system and how it puts students in a box in the, you know, like in having to pass certain tests, having to do certain projects and grading students and ultimately assigning their value based on this method um, was holding kids back from really fulfilling their full potential, because obviously, as you know, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but they learn in different ways. They're, they have different strengths. They have different skills beyond what they're being tested for. And he was really frustrated that, you know, the system was failing them in this way and that they had so much more to offer that wasn't being considered. Yeah. So when we bring in this work of personal development and when, you know, we are within uh, a, a still a, a relatively traditional educational system, how do you differentiate the value of them as a person versus, you know, perhaps some of the grades that they're still getting and, and they're, they may not be where, where they need to be in order to pass? Like, how are you articulating to them that they, you know, their value is not wrapped up in their grades? I think the biggest thing for me is uh, teaching and working with growth mindset. Um, I was I think a lot of teachers were doing the growth mindset kind of work before there was a name for it without really before people could say, oh, that's what growth mindset or fixed mindset looks like. Um, and so for me, I've had to have tough conversations with students before, and I've had to talk to them about their grades or kids who aren't coming to class and things like that. And what we try to do is anchor it in a concern for like their well-being and, and, and also trying to get them to care about their future and understanding that, that even if they don't care about this class, this specific class, or they have issues with this one subject, that that is connected to their growth. And it is something that is 
like valued in this world as their academics. And that's tough. I mean, to tell you the truth, I, I, I feel like <laughs> sacrilegious for saying this, but I, I just, I don't care about their grades. And I think that that's why I struggle with being a teacher in the education system is how do I teach this stuff to kids and then, and then grade them for it. Right. How do I have conversations with kids about how they view themselves and then give them a grade versus that? And so for me, it's more about participation and it's more about um, practicing skills. Um, so, for instance, we do gratitude as a unit and then we have like a gratitude formula that the kids can use and they, they put it into practice and then they reflect on what that experience is like for them. Um, and then that that is what I would connect to their actual like participation grades. But I think for me. That's why I'm, I'm looking to leave education is because I want to teach kids things that aren't connected to grades because mm -hmm. when it's connected to grades, it just has that connotation, you know, and, and it's tough to separate those things. And so for me, wanting to create content and curriculum that kids can access and that kids are seeing and, and kids can choose to learn if they want to learn these things, if they're struggling and feeling low, which a lot of middle schoolers do, that they can go and they can and try these practices and these skills on their own for the sake of their own growth and not for the sake of getting a grade or getting valued based on how they're showing up because the last thing i would want to do is is to create personal development as another academic kind of you know uh, evaluation tool <laughs> um but it's tough it's tough because where does where does it fit in into the schools um if the schools are so heavily concerned about grades, mm -hmm. which a lot of schools are. And I mean, a lot of people have been reaching out to me and asking me like, oh, what credentialing path did you go down? What did you do? Like, what did you do? And I'm like, nothing. You know, I'm really trying to create, I'm trying to be like a Mr. Rogers figure because I don't want to be a person giving kids grades. I think there's lots of people in our world that are hyper-focused on kids' grades and their learning and not enough people focused on their hearts and focused on their development or seeing the connection between both. Um, so I struggle a lot with that. And I think that's why I'm, I'm taking this big leap and leaving the classroom to do this. I don't know if it's gonna work, but I just know that I wanna talk to kids about these things and I wanna equip them with these, these tools and these practices for them to utilize them when they need them. Um, I don't believe in telling kids that, you know, things are going to be great and perfect all the time. I, I don't subscribe to that, but I do believe that there are skills and things that we can teach kids at an early age that can fundamentally transform the way that they view themselves and view the world. I love that one of your biggest dreams is to be the Mr. Rogers of this generation. <laughs> <laughs> like we just, there's so many people and I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, trash influencers or anything like that. I think that that's a part of our culture. It's a part of our time right now. And I really respect a lot of the work that people are doing. But what I just don't see is who is talking to kids, you know, and, and, and there's a lot of people who are who are trying to do social emotional learning stuff for young, young kids. But I mean, the middle, the middle kids, right, the kids that are, they're, they don't care about, you know, they're not worried about college as much. They're worried about their identity. Like who is out there actually talking to them and giving them skills and that they can identify with. And, and for me, you know, Mr. Rogers is the closest thing I can think of uh, to explain the role that I would like to, to be in this world for kids. Okay. What would your, your TV show be called? Oh, I've had so much, probably full life. 
<laughs> because I, I, I went and I did a uh, shout out to this group. It's like 13 kids, but I went and I spoke at a middle school when I first had my curriculum and I called it full life. And uh, it was like with a Y cause the Y was a person holding their hands up. Um, Naturally. Yeah. <laughs> which the kids hated. Uh, but I spoke to like 200 middle schoolers and like 86 of them signed up for my program. Um, just based off of the conversation I had with them about like, do you want to feel better about yourself? Do you want to build a positive relationship with yourself? And then I had about 15 to 20 of them who like were basically with me the entire year. Um, and they were the first, they're the first group I did this program with and they were called full life. Uh, but that's kind of, that's kind of the work, right. Where I feel like this is what's missing, um, is helping kids, grow in this area of their life, which is really important that would, I think, help round out their entire educational and growth experience. I don't, I don't say that we should get rid of school <laughs> at all. I just think that we're missing something. So what does that transition out to, out of the educational system and into this kind of uncharted territory look like uh, for you? It looks terrifying, <laughs> uh, but I, I don't know. I just, um, I just, I just feel it. I feel it deep in my bones. I felt it for a long time. I like had a party when I was like 24. It was like, when I grow up, I want to be. And I announced to all my friends that I was like pursuing this, this different path of working with kids. Um, and what I would love to do is, is to, to build up my YouTube channel to feature these things. So even if a school, if a teacher wants to do some lessons on growth mindset or a teacher wants to do some lesson on gratitude or some of my other skills that I offer, they can access these videos and kids can watch them. Um, in the classroom and, and do a little bit of reflecting and work around it that way. Uh, it's a little bit tough. Um, right now, my audience is leaning more towards the adults. Um, a lot of adults are seeing value in my work, but I also want to do speaking at schools and um, I do youth coaching as well right now. And so my goal is to create content that can help educate kids, but also entertain them. Um, and so I have to figure out and I'm, I'm committed to building this channel up and building my content and putting it out there and, and trying to connect kids to it and try to connect educators to it. So kids have more access to it. Oh, I love that. Have you received any, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure you have actually, but what are some of the testimonials that you've received from the kids you've worked with? Oh, well, I have a huge binder full of all of them. Um, Cause I keep all of their notes and stuff. But when I was working with that group for two years, we had a really, I mean, probably one of the most powerful things I've ever done with kids. There was an, an incident where I was teaching my, it's called flex basically. And there was two teachers in that class. Um, and their art teacher had a really, really rough fallout with the kids. And it ended up being like, kids were, kids were getting kicked out of class, like in groups of three and, and kids were refusing to go into class and they were destroying her property and she was being really aggressive with them. And so she quit. And they ended up asking me to take over the art position because I had a relationship with the students and what had happened in that space was traumatic for the kids. Like it was really bad. It didn't look like any class they'd had at our school before because it gotten so out of control. And when I, when I had to apply, I had to do an interview with my students that I'd already had for a year and a half and they gave me feedback. Um, and and it, it was just the most telling the, the kids said I, they felt like I cared about their future, that I cared about them as people. Um, one thing one thing that a kid said was, Mr. Donovan is different because not only does he love us, but he likes us as people. Hmm. Um, someone said he helps us grow. He's like our familia. And so I work at like a, 
a majority Mexican family school. And so when she said that, I, I got super emotional. Um, I think there are some kids, and it always kind of surprises me who it, who it resonates with, but there are some kids who just, I, I think without this space to talk and to be valued and seen and talk about these things in their life would have never had the opportunity to share that maybe until they were a lot older. And so the I've gotten lots of testimonials from kids and I, and I think the the biggest piece of feedback is that kids are kinder to themselves. That's what I hear a lot is that kids are like, he helps me not be so tough on myself um, and help them. I've helped them be proud of who they are and be proud of what, what they offer to the world, whether that's in or outside of school. And how about you? Are you proud of yourself? I mean, looking at where you came from and what you wish you had growing up, you have become this person. Yeah, I, um, I think that I had a lot of stuff. I was doing it because I felt like I, I, I messed up a lot as a kid, um, especially when I was in high school and early college years, I was really, really unhappy. And I, and I, and I did things that just were not good for me and not good for other people, uh, really out of control. And, and to see that I, I made this, this active choice, um, you know, once, once I realized that I couldn't take my life, I realized I needed to show up differently. And, and when I saw that being with kids and, and the work that I was doing was having this effect on them, I just, I, I just knew that I had to do more and I knew that I wanted to do more. And so to look now and to have like, um, the Today Show is doing a story on me this week. Like, what? yeah, yeah, they're, they're coming to interview me on Wednesday. Um, and so to see after like 10 years of just, you know, like uh, up at night, you know, I don't really say this to many people, but I, I want to say it now. I would be up at night, just like sometimes in tears, just worried, just worried about what was happening to kids and worried about you know, the mental health rates that they were increasing and how many times kids were, or how many kids that were killing themselves per year. I mean, you know, suicide is the number two leading cause of death for 12 to 24 year olds in America. And that's massive, that's humongous. That makes me, it breaks my heart. And I just know that it comes from this place of not being seen and then feeling like othered, you know, by going through the education system. And so to, to be where I am now, knowing that I've been having these conversations with kids, with parents, with other teachers, with people at random people in Ubers, like random people at parties. Um, the fact that I have gotten to where I am now, I just feel really, I feel really honored and I feel really valid in that this is the right thing. And this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's why, you know, taking this big leap is really scary, but I also, I feel it. I feel very, a very strong conviction that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and this is how I can give back to the world and, and contribute. And I already know that I've helped a lot of kids. That's something that I have to remind myself a lot because sometimes I put a lot of pressure on myself um, to be more or to do more. And I don't, mm -hmm. it's hard for me to sit back and be like, you, you have done a lot. Um, but I just know that there's so much more I want to do, but I'm definitely proud of myself. Um, I'm really grateful that I stuck it out. I'm really grateful that I stayed. I'm really grateful that, um, I found this work, even if, even though it's been tough and it's been through a lot of my own personal growth and personal struggle. I love that you are open and sharing your journey because when it comes to enacting change, I think this is really where it starts. It's in seeing parts of our story in someone else's and recognizing that if they have changed, then I can too. 
And, and I think if I tried to hide that and I tried to hide the struggle I had, it wouldn't be effective. So I really appreciate the space to be able to talk about this journey for me. Of course. I want to know where people can follow you so that we can learn more, we can stay up to date, and we can get on board this train, which is like, it's leaving the station, folks. You want to get on it because change is happening. <laughs> I love that. Uh, so right now, yeah, my Instagram, my TikTok, and my YouTube are the best place. And I also encourage if anyone is listening to this, um, things are still pretty new for me. And I'm always looking to talk to people and collaborate. And so please feel free to like message me. And if you're looking for coaching, I do coaching for kids as well. So that's another way that people can get involved right now. Awesome. I will be sure to link to all of those in the show notes. Donovan, thank you so much for taking the time to be on with us today. Thank you. I am forever, forever grateful. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Catalyst with Samantha Chris. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, I hope you're feeling a little more equipped to lean into the unknown and take inspired action.